Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron podcast. I'm John Norgrove. This is Julie Norgrove. And uh, yeah, we're here to talk about witchy stuff in this podcast format. Uh, If you are watching this business stuff out of the way first, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, ring the bell, and do all whatever that stuff is that we're supposed to tell you to do. And if you're listening to this on your podcast network of choice, it would be super dope if you subscribe to us and left us a review so we know that you exist. Because the statistics for podcasts is make-believe. I don't know if there are four of you listening, or 24 of you listening, or 400 of you listening, and I actually don't even know how to learn how to know that. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a mystery on the internet, I guess. I don't know, podcasts are like sci-fi. So until then, we know we have three listeners. Hello, our three Hello, listeners. Hello, three listeners. If you would like to support stuff, like this that's fun and witchy and educational and such like that um as well as like chit chat with us about witchy stuff uh we have a patreon we have a horde and cauldron podcast tier where you gain access to our book of shadows pages as well as our um i make like little cell phone backgrounds and you have access to our discord so you can chat with us i'm learning how discord works it's fun i guess (laughs) Um, I, so I sound like I'm, I'm so old, one, but and yeah. I know how to do all this stuff. You know, and what's even worse <laughs> is that she might be the older one who knows how to do this stuff better, but I am way better at computers. I'm just better at like old person computer stuff. Like you need a dope Excel document. You need software fixed. Like that's, what about an ethernet cable? Can you help me with an ethernet cable? I, yeah. I, you don't even know about ethernet cables, man. <laughs> Get out of here with that. I mean, yeah. I do, but now like, I'm afraid she, that you're going to She knows that it things. knows that it's a thing, but that's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. I'm tech support, but, but like young person stuff is whatever. We have TikToks too, but I don't do it very often because again, I don't get it. I don't know. It's like a weird elder millennial thing, whatever. Anywho, um, support us on Patreon. If you want more fun, witchy stuff like that, um, you, we also have a stakeholders tier because of all the stakes, like meat and, uh, uh, not investments because you would be investing in bullshit. Uh, but, but, uh, when you're in the stakeholder tier, we have a once a month hangout at the beginning of the month and, uh, we just hang out and chit chat. What's up? Shout out to our stakeholders friends for a couple of hours. Yeah. So shout out to our Patreons and, uh, um, what is that? Alexa, Alex and Alan and Miranda. Yes. And you're forgetting other people too. And there's two others. Oh, Oh my god, I just lost their names because I messed up on the Alex Allen thing. Oh, Damn. you're terrible. Alright, we'll do it. With we'll, this. we'll do it in post. No, there is no post. I'm not that good. Um <laughs> I edit these and I'm not that good. We'll I'll, 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 we'll read everybody's name later. Because, like we found out last time, uh I can't access those on my cell phone for fuck all knows what reason. Anywho, uh let's get into this witchy stuff. Uh today we are doing a deep dive into Persephone. And um, like I say a bajillion times in all of these, uh, this is a dope safe space that's open and friendly. If you're an asshole, uh, gently uh, go away. Fuck off. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Fuck off, deaf. We don't need Uh, we don't need jerk faces here. No, there's no jerks here. This is a jerk free zone. Um, I'm the only (laughs) jerk allowed here. And uh, yeah. Also, if we're 
because I, I get to say this now, uh, if we're saying something wrong, correct us, right? Like, I'm from California. I know how my education worked. And so we, if I'm saying something wrong, yeah. I say and, regular English words wrong sometimes. <laughs> and we do our best to research how to say things in that, what other language it's coming from. That doesn't mean But, that's right. I mean, we're relying on the internet for that information, so Just, please keep in mind that Abraham Lincoln said not to trust everything you read on the internet. And I'm going to say, anything. don't trust anything you hear either so if we said something wrong don't be a dick about it just help us out man uh much appreciated yeah yeah tell us tell us what you really think or whatever uh so whom's the fuck is persephone so persephone is commonly known as Kore. She is the Greek goddess of grain, fertility, immortality, spring, nature, rebirth, resurrection, the dead. She's also a popular patron goddess for people who have bipolar disease and a few other uh, mental disorders. I don't really want to say illnesses, but like disorders, as well as being the mistress of curses and queen of the underworld. So she's got a bunch of really dope titles that I had no idea existed before this particular episode. So I had a lot of fun getting (laughs) into this, as I always do for our like three listeners. You know how much I love my history uh, side of things. So um, the first part of that interesting history is there's a ton of variants of her name. So she was called at varying times in in. ancient Mediterranean history, as well as different areas, uh, a lot of different things. Some of them were like Persephata, Perifona, Persephasa, probably saying some of those wrong. Sorry, again, please correct me, Uh, among other things. What's interesting about this is the variants of her name indicate that her name probably originated before the ancient Greek language. So right now, modern Greek language, right? And then when we're looking at stuff from back in the like Colosseum and like temple times, uh, we're looking at, <laughs> we're looking at the ancient okay. Greek language. Those are the first two things off the top of my head. It was, it's absurd. I was like, what would be ancient Greek? And I was like, who would be the name? And then I was like, oh, I can't think of any of these names. I, it was just immediate. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> So her name, the origins of it, are likely from the Proto-Greek and the Proto-Indo-European times. And that means that her name could be more than 4,000 years old, because the ancient Greek language popped up around 2000 BC. Yeah, well, and so the thing is, and and there are significantly more pro-people out there, like YouTube this, but there are a... A number of Greek deities um, that were functionally just like older deities that the Greeks are like pretty gangster. We also have that with the same exact name. And then the Romans were like, I don't know if you knew that. And then the Romans were like, we have that, but different name. Right? And then the Christians then, were like, and then everybody we have else that, just kept but doing it's that all because, the same person. because because they, because that's what they learned. So a, a <laughs> lot a lot of the time, especially with regard to like like Greek gods and goddesses um you find that anciently it was like something else or sometimes it was just like a mystery cult it was just like oh this was like a goddess of death mystery cult that turned into this that turned into this and after like a thousand years or two thousand years we got basically persephone and then that shit lasted for like a bit of time and then it turned into some other stuff and and it just kept kind of rolling like that so a lot of these uh a lot of these gods once you get far enough back it's all sort of like um 
like uh, wispy, wispy connective tissue. Yeah. And not yeah. like, you know, like this was this and then it was this and then it was this. You well, know? and there's not a lot of information. Like, the further back you go, obviously, the less information there is. But um, it's like we just watched a video from a YouTube channel called Kurzgesagt, which talked about um, dinosaurs. Also, if you don't watch Kurzgesagt, watch them. Holy shit. Awesome art. Like, literally no connection at all. We just love them and have forever. Uh, like, awesome art. Super informative. I mean, they basically just brought up the fact that, like, every dinosaur we've ever looked at in media has been wrong. Um, because we have no clue, like, at all. We know, like, a couple where we found, like, like feathers, but no, we, we don't know. Yeah, uh, and they were talking about in this video um, that, like, we, there were probably so many more different species that lived back in the dinosaur times because of, well, just the way that, like, the number of species works on this planet, but the thing that's interesting about it is they were like, this is how fossils are made and this is the things that can take away from fossils. And basically they were like, there's a ton of different species of things that lived that that just don't exist in the fossil record. And really when it comes to all of that sort of stuff, like a lot of this ancient knowledge just didn't exist in the record. Like if you think about it, like we don't have books really from back then. Like we have <laughs> carvings, we have art, you know, we have, there are papyrus scrolls, although I'll be honest, I have no idea how far, how far back those go because I haven't had the chance to really delve into that yet into and, papyrus. and all of that sort of thing. So there's not a lot of that information. Yeah. Yeah. There's that sweet bowl of Babylonian stones that look like breakfast cereal, but like, I don't know what that is. Mm, um, tasty Babylonian yeah, they're for, they're, breakfast It's cereal. forbidden breakfast. Also, that is not even close to how you spell that. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling you out on that. That's not how you spell a word that so I'm definitely pronouncing wrong. So we will put a wrong. link to the Curse Kazakh uh, video in the yeah, uh, show notes for you. Nothing to do with witchy you. stuff. It's just it super informative. Like, and learn you some I good typed a little, like note in the show notes for it. And I, uh, I do not know how to spell off the top of my head. Curse because I'm really good at spelling in the English language, but when it comes to other languages, Oh, good luck. <laughs> and I did not do well. So, no, no, um, okay. if you want to guess how I spelled that in the comments, uh, or hit us up on social media. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, good luck. All right, what's up? Anyway, so Persephone, um, the the idea behind her name being so old and probably having a proto-Greek or proto-Indo-European um, tie to it is that they scholars think that it was too hard for the ancient Greeks to pronounce. So it just changed throughout the areas, which is interesting because I think it's probably more along the lines of what you had said, where it's just probably like a variety of different places and it was this thing and then it yeah. became this well, thing. And it you know, the uh, it's, thing. it's the thing with language is that not only do you have accents relative to areas like, like we're from California, obviously you can hear it in the way that we talk. But, like, people in Southern California talk different than us. And that's not yeah. even that far. Well, I mean, I guess that's not that far. It's, like, eight hours away. But, like, what about, like, a Texas accent? Or what about, like, a Florida accent? Or, like, a New York accent? Or, like, or a like Kentucky a accent, accent? Or a Boston yeah. accent? Or, like, a Canadian accent? Or, like, a Mexico accent? Or, like, uh, Brazil? Or or England? I mean, so, like, obviously, yeah. the further away you get, the more, the more differentiated words not only just sound regardless of how it's spelt yeah. right um but you also have like like local colloquialisms based around just 
any series of historical shits you can think of, right? Yeah. Like the one that always comes to mind is the whole like Coke, Cola, Soda, Pop, yeah. like whichever one <laughs> you call soda, right? For me, it's soda, right? Because Coca-Cola is a brand and soda is like the fizzy sugar beverage that's yeah. definitely going to kill me one day. Um, or at least so, give you the Or at least give me the beatus. You know, brown people problems. But 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 like, but like, is it that accent wise somebody's calling it pop instead of soda? Or is it just because like for whatever reason pop stuck with them and soda stuck with us and it doesn't fucking matter, right? So like when you think about yeah. it that way, if like I went to a place and didn't enunciate my words properly as well or whatever, had a differential accent so I could or could not frame words in the same way that they could, right? They would say a word in a different way than like, let's say my people back at home would say a word when I'm trying to spread this by word of mouth, which a lot of stuff was spread by word of mouth, right? So so a lot of times when you start getting these like differential names, you either have the like, like I know your people have this guy over here, but like really it's our guy. Uh, so you can call it both and then it just kind of like mushes together and creates a name or it's just that like whatever priest swung by and was like, have you guys met Persephone and they're like, that I don't I can't make that noise with my face. Uh, yeah. What's the closest yeah. noise that we can make to that with our face? And then that's what that was <laughs> called there, right? So that's 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 the thing is is that like language sort of evolves. It's the same thing with like like uh, I, I'm a weird stickler about pronouncing things in very particular ways, but also yes. I fully understand that like people say things weird and I on purpose say some shit weird. Um, yeah, thanks to you, I can no longer say the word tomato without like thinking about it. I have to say the word tomate. Yeah, well, oh, even, that's, even just because, my head, that's just because I'm lazy and tomate. it makes me sound like a douche to call it a tomato. Hey, what do you want, like a tomate? Um, that's that's just I don't know what that's from. That's, that's just def, me. That's just me being an asshat. That's Def Crayo. Um, but like, yeah, whatever's clever, guys. Um, <laughs> whatever's clev. Uh, our language is shit. Is really the TLDR on that one. So anyway, <laughs> whatever words are, are are sounded weird. Words sounded weird. So Persephone had a ton of titles. I'm just gonna cold second. Just away. yeah, get away. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ignore it. Uh, so Persephone had a ton of titles, and most of her titles that I was able to find actually have to do with her position as um, queen of the underworld. But um, she had different titles depending on what aspect of Persephone you were looking for for and we saw a lot of this with Isis as well um where you have multiple aspects of a god or a goddess and they're sort of honing in on one of them uh so when uh, Persephone was being referred to as a vegetation goddess she was most commonly called Kore uh and when she was being called the underworld goddess she was called a variety of different things um but some of my favorites are mistress of curses and dreaded Persephone of course queen of the underworld is a title of hers she was also called Despoina which um stands for the mistress people were very hesitant to actually say her name uh as if she was some sort of beetlejuice like figure and something would happen if you yeah. basically said her name too many times it Really, when you think about it, that's not too surprising because as being goddess of death, I have to say it, Beetlejeezy. Uh, continue. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm sorry. I have to. Sometimes Stop I just it. have to say words wrong. It's one of my many, many crazies. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
going over there looking at me or looking at uh, call it on a uh, Beetle Jeezy. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you're going to remember that one wrong, too. Uh, that's you're going to ruin that for me, too. Um, at, at least for the at least for the star, maybe not for the Michael Keaton. So when <laughs> so it's really not that surprising that people wanted a whole bunch of epithets for her or titles for her to, to refer to her by for the underworld slash Queen of the Dead type of thing, because when you think about it, most people are afraid of death. So by saying her name, maybe you're going to conjure her up like Beetlejuice or Candyman. And now you're dead uh, or you're going to attract her attention and you're gonna attract her attention and that may not end well for you of course maybe it will but people were very afraid of that yeah. she was also called the goddess um or in part with her mother um demeter she was also called the goddesses there's a lot that has to do with the eleusinian mysteries that kind of goes into that but there's most of the epithets out there are to basically avoid calling her her name yeah yeah, I'm 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 my favorite is the Dread Pirate Persephone over here. So uh, I really love Dreaded Persephone. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Now I have to make an art with Persephone and a pirate hat and like maybe an eye patch or something. So, yeah, man, that would Dread be cool. Pirate Persephone. So as far as iconography goes, um, she statues of her are often shown um, when she is like carrying a sheaf or like a bundle of grain or a scepter yeah. or a box. However, in most art, uh, especially art that happened in the Renaissance going forwards, she is commonly shown in the abduction myth, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but that's really the most common thing that people seem to think of her, which honestly is kind of too bad because she's got some pretty rad stories. Yeah. And to judge her by just that singular story is kind of a shame. So Persephone's parents were Zeus and Demeter. Or if you follow the Orphic tradition, um, Zeus and Rhea, who was a Titan. Uh, and that's just pretty par for the course for all that Greek mythology stuff where they have different parents or siblings or children, depending on the uh, particular tradition <laughs> we're looking at. Um, if you want more information about that sort of thing, we talk a little bit more in depth about that in the uh, Olympian Gods episode, uh, The Family Tree. So um, we've got some more there. Now, Persephone had a ton of siblings because Zeus was her father on both sides. So literally anyone who was fathered by Zeus would be her sibling. There is not enough room in my notes and there is not enough time for this podcast for me to be able to list all of those names. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. As far as consorts go, um, she really only had one consort, and that's Hades. And again, we'll come back to that when we talk about the abduction myth. I don't want to get too off track yet. Uh, as far as children go, um, if you follow the Orphic tradition, she is the mother of Dionysus. If you don't follow the Orphic tradition, sometimes she is considered as being a consort with Dionysus. But honestly, to me, that seems like a bit more fanfic on some based on some of the research that I got into. But if that's your... If that's your headcanon shipping, your go for it. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not going to stop you. Um, her, she also had a child um, named Melanoi. Uh, her, she is Persephone's child with Zeus. Yes, I know. It's her father. We're not commenting on that stuff. Um, and Melanoi is the goddess of nightmares and the bringer of madness. So basically, mm -hmm. she's the goddess of craziness, which I think is pretty dope. Uh, and she was the foster mother and 
possibly lover, but I didn't really find any information that gave that gave this uh, like credit as being uh, also lover to Adonis, who was one of Aphrodite's consorts. Um, so that's what her family looks like. And um, as far as the abduction myth goes, I'd be surprised if you don't already know it, but if you don't, I will give you the quick version. Yeah. So Hades was in love with Persephone. He went to his brother Zeus and was like, hey, oh, I'm really into her. Can I like marry her or something? And Zeus was like, go for it. So Hades decided to pop up and abduct her because Demeter was not likely to let Persephone go to the underworld with Hades because he was kind of like this goth kid outcast. And Persephone was out picking flowers in a field, maybe with friends, maybe by herself, maybe in various places of the world, depending on what kind of myth you're reading. Um, and Hades came up through a crack in the earth to take her to the underworld. Uh, and when that crack in the earth opened up, there was a farmer that had some pigs and those pigs also fell in the cavern. That'll be important later. Uh, and so Demeter found out that Persephone was, was taken, was whooshed away, and she was super upset. And she, depending on the myth, either neglects the earth and all of its plants because Demeter is also a vegetation goddess, basically the goddess of the harvest. And Demeter is like, no, the earth can't grow food until I get my daughter back. So everybody was fine with that as gods until all of a sudden all of their worshipers were like, please, we're dying. We're hungry. Um, and then they finally had like a little come to Jesus talk with Demeter and they were like, hey, you can't this isn't cool. You can't do this. Um, you have to like let the earth go uh, back. And at some point in time during this, Helios, the sun god, tells Demeter that he saw Hades grab Persephone and then go under the earth. Um, and because of these sort of two things, Zeus was like, dude, you like gotta let her go back um, or tells Hermes to like go and get her back. So it turns out that Persephone, while in the underworld, ate a few pomegranate seeds, each seed signifying the number of months in the year that she would have to stay underground because once you eat the food of the dead, you cannot come back from that. You have to at least stay partially dead. Well, partially I mean, in the underworld. Yeah. So Persephone comes back, but only for a certain number of months in the year. And uh, when she is back, the earth is lush and green and has life. And then when she goes away, Demeter is super sad again and then forbids the earth to grow until her daughter returns. Uh, so that is the basic story of the abduction myth. There's a ton of controversy about this. Well, and a there's like a ton of different of versions of this abduction myth, right? Mm -hmm. With regard to like the whys and the hows of it. I mean, some of them like Hades is like, is like steepled fingers, lightning crack, maniacally evil. Yeah. And in some of these, Hades is just like, oh, I should totally talk to this chick. And then like, they disappear and she yeah. has dinner with him. And apparently that shit was a trick. Like, ah, trickster God. And sometimes it's like, totally a misunderstanding yeah right yeah, even though it was are. like even though like it's framed as an abduction it was like totally a misunderstanding so and it, again there's like a there's a lot of yeah. emotions built up into all yeah. of these stories so your story we're not like devaluing yours in fact if you know a different version of any of these myths share that with us 
That sounds gangster. (laughs) Yes. In fact, there are some cults that believe that Persephone and Hades fell in love prior to this because they would have seen each other wandering about Mount Olympus like, you know, for like Thanksgiving or whatever. They didn't have Thanksgiving. Sure. sure. But, you know, they would have seen each other in that like circle of divine hangouts, basically. Um, And that Persephone and Hades fell in love and then made a plan for her to be spirited away because they knew that Demeter wouldn't permit her to be with Hades for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Um, Which isn't an abduction. That's just... Yeah, personally for me, I look at it as Demeter is like super codependent, like controlling mom that like doesn't want her daughter out of the way. And her like hot popular girl daughter fell in love with like the the outcast goth kid. The goth underworld kid. The goth underworld kid. And then this was their plan to elope. That's just my personal headcanon. I mean, that sounds like a paranormal teen romance. It does sound like a paranormal teen romance and I'm into it. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. Uh, and that is actually based on a uh, a poem from Homer, who was an ancient Greek writer and not just a Simpsons dude. And it said that Hades secretly gave Persephone sweet pomegranate seeds to eat, taking care for himself that she might not remain continually with grave, dark-robed Demeter. So that's that to me is the thing that sticks out. Yeah. Now, regardless of what your beliefs are with this myth. That's your opinion, and there's nothing wrong with your opinion. Yeah. If your opinion differs from mine or his or the next person's, that's totally yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, there, there does not need to be fighting uh, or anything like yeah, that. People can around. have different interpretations of the exact same thing. I mean, like I, I don't, I don't know what education system you went through, but there was a bunch of shit I was taught that was like a hundred percent true. That <laughs> I turned like twenty and was like, none of this shit is true. Well, yeah. How did I yeah. learn this? So wrong. And they're like, we all thought it. And then, like, one person was like, that's dumb. And we're all like, mm, that yeah. is dumb. Now, at so. its core, though, this myth really exists not to make the argument of elopement or abduction, but to try and explain the changing of the seasons. Like, why would ancient people, like, think that the Earth, this goddess that's going to protect them and love them and care for them, is going to basically intentionally starve each, eat its people for a few months every year. Yeah. Like, they have to explain that somehow, and this has just happened <laughs> just to be to how they Justify Gaia do. being, like, a dick for four months. <laughs> basically, yeah. You know? <laughs> so... There isn't a ton of writing out there about Persephone, but that's because a ton of the information about how to worship Persephone is about secret festivals. Yeah. Yeah. Secret, secret, festivals. secret, secret Persephone cult stuff. Yeah. All right. We're back. Uh, OK, so we got the list. Mm, patrons. Uh, so we're just going to give a shout out to Alan, Helena, McKenzie, Alexa and, and Miranda, Miranda. So, which means that we have five, five. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. All right. So secret Persephone, Persephone, uh, worship cults. Yes. What's up? What's the, what's the word? So Persephone had a ton of festivals, um, dedicated to her, at least either in whole or in part, depending on her relationship with her mother. So, um, a historian in the, uh, in the earlier, Nope, nope, nope. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say in the earlier part of this century, and I was like, nope, we're already in this century. Um, so a historian in the previous century, 
In the 1900s. Yes, in the 1900s. I don't remember if it was in the 70s or in the early, or like 1912. It doesn't matter. A historian named Walter Buckert believed that um, during celebrations for Persephone, participants would dance wildly, and a statue of Persephone would ascend from a hole in the floor and then hover above the dancers, symbolizing both her ascent from the underworld and the rebirth of plants. And they would like drink um essentially hallucinogenic drinks and just like party for three days like this uh and that sort of follows the idea behind a lot of the different celebrations that she had they kind of all tend to be the same although there are some differences between them three days long and involving a bunch of hallucinogens yeah well that's and ecstatic dancing uh so In the Orphic tradition, Persephone was one of the most important deities, and she was particularly venerated for the goddess of the underworld, goddess of the dead kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was very common that people would carry gold leaves, usually a leaf of a plant that had something to do with the underworld, like a um, bay or a willow or something along those lines, and they would be painted in gold, and on them they would um, basically write stuff beseeching Persephone to treat the dead to a happy afterlife, uh, which is pretty interesting. And they would, you know, bury however many they, they were able to with, uh, with a deceased person, um, hoping that Persephone would basically lead them to what is called the sacred meadows and groves of Persephone. So she had like some pretty dope afterlife digs apparently too. Now her, the first of her festivals we're going to talk about mm. is Stenia and Stenia uh, was held three days bef- before the start of Thesomorphia, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And Stenia was a festival, not even really a festival, but more of like a fasting and like, quiet time before the party, like the calm before the storm. And it was only women and it was considered a purification ritual. You gotta get yourself in the right place to party that hard. Basically, yes. So they had ritual fasting and mourning. The mourning was essentially like Persephone's gone. We're going to be upset about this for Mm -hmm. a variety of different reasons. Now, once Stenia was over, Thesomorphia began. And Thesomorphia was also celebrated for three days. So if you were a lady and you were into both of these, you could be partying like this for six whole days. Thesmophoria? Thesmophoria. Yeah, Thesmorphoria. Yeah, I may have said that wrong. The first yeah, time. yeah, Thesmorphoria. Yeah, so this is actually one of the oldest ancient Greek festivals, like out there. Mm-hmm. This was um, celebrated dating all the way back to the 11th century BCE. So that's more than 3,000 years mm-hmm. that this was celebrated. Well, the beginning of the celebration began and the dates were different um, for this festival, depending on where you were and what time you lived in. So you could celebrate this festival on the first new moon after the winter solstice, which the next one is January 2nd, 2022. Or you could celebrate this one in the first new moon that falls in between late October and early November. And that next date is November 5th. 2021. So that's coming right up. Yeah. And the reason why these are tied to new moons is because the, the, the Greeks mostly followed a lunar calendar. And, uh, I went way down far the rabbit hole with this one and was trying to figure out dates because there's so 
many um, festivals for her that I kind of understand how to read an ancient Athenian calendar, which is like weird flex, but okay. Um, now, <laughs> flex. Uh. sometimes uh, Thesmorphia was uh, included. Thesmorphoria. Thesmophoria, thank you. Thesmorphoria. Thesmophoria. Thesmophoria. I'm going to probably say that wrong five more times. It's because we were just talking about pronouncing stuff. I totally jinxed us. Yeah. No, I'm not going to lie. That happens every time. Um, so. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Blame Beetle Jeezy for it. Oh. Yeah. You, you thought I was going to forget that. It's now forever. I'm going to throw a tomato at you. I know. <laughs> Welcome to speaking whatever weird, messed up, brain damage language Jonathan speaks. Yeah, you're fucking welcome, bro. Uh, there's a lot of sources that say that this festival um, was for women only. But there is also an interesting subset of information that posits that sometimes men were, in fact, included in this particular uh, festival. And this is separate from the from the mysteries, mind you. But um, it is thought that Persephone had some male priests and any man that would have been, um, you know, inducted as a priest into her worship cult stuff would be invited to this and would take place in this. But we don't really have information about how many or who or how, or if there's some sort of uh, prerequisites associated with it. It's just sort of an interesting side note there. Uh, now, Thesmophoria also had ritual fasting and mourning and also praying for fertility. All common themes of this. Uh, we're kind of hitting both sides of that dark side, light side sort of thing. Uh, typically, in the olden times, the first day of the three-day thing was for ritual fasting. But that kind of seems like that's if you weren't also following following Stenia. And then after that, it was party time. First day, setting up your tent, fasting because you don't have time. The second two days, party time, yeah. let's go. Um, now, Hallucinogens, hallucinogens <laughs> hit way harder when you haven't ate anything is what that sounds like to me. That's super true, yes. But um, So... They would they would ritually sacrifice a cow, most typically a bull. But uh, it seems to me like that just sort of happened because it's a large amount of food for a large party. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to what actually seems to be part of the ritual is ritually sacrificing pigs. Now, remember I said it would be important that those pigs that fell down into the earth when Hades come, came to get Persephone? This is that time. So um, pigs were ritually sacrificed after being thrown into a quote, unquote, chasm. Now, sometimes this is a literal chasm and this would kill the pigs. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they would later retrieve the partially decomposed bodies uh, and then process them in a man in a specific manner and then bury them in the fields using mm -hmm. them essentially as fertilizer. Now, sometimes mm -hmm. the chasm is a small trough cut into the earth yep. and they sort of toss the pigs in there Lined as a holding thing to toss that pig in there to cook that shit. There is that also like that. Um, that just but, sounds like a, that sounds like a pit fire pig and yeah. those are delicious. Now, sometimes they also just like tossed them in there to keep them in one place so that they could then cook them and eat them later yeah, totally, too. Totally, so totally. there's sort of three ways that that goes. Uh, it was also super common to have loaves of bread. So we're basically talking like pulled pork sandwiches for, for this party, which I am yeah. down for. Ancient Greek pulled pork sandwiches and hallucinogens to <laughs> worship a death goddess. I'm yeah. Super into this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, 
It is. It was a little strange to me to learn, but pomegranates were typically avoided during this festival, even though they are the main thing that's associated with Persephone, especially modernly. Well, that makes sense, though. When you think about the pomegranates are the thing that trapped her. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're going to celebrate her, you got to risk getting trapped. Well, it wasn't about risking getting trapped. It was more about pissing off Demeter. Because seeing a pomegranate, Demeter would be like, you're the reason my daughter can't stay with me all the time. Well, and you are doing this in winter when she's already pissed off. So like, why piss her off twice? Right? Or at the beginning of winter when she's about ready to leave. <laughs> so that is the second of four of her festivals that we're going to talk about. The next one is actually the Eleusinian Mysteries. We talked a little bit about mysteries when we talked about Aphrodite and a little bit about Isis. Um, now, the mysteries, beca because Persephone has been worshipped for so long, there's so, so much out there. So part of this is some things happened at different points in time, right? So the Romans in particular were very interested in secret cults, very into secret cults. I don't know why. They just were. Mm -hmm. And uh, publicly... That's why. <laughs> it's super obvious. You say as a member of a secret cult. They're super dumb. Um, yeah. So publicly, the Eleusinian Greater Mystery was uh, celebrated uh, and called Chorus Katagogi. Um, and you want to you look at that one? Yeah, where, where are you seeing this word? Yeah, that's probably right. I did my best. Yeah. Um, I don't Technically, actually I belong speak to a secret, Greek. a secret group within a secret group. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, secret group inception. Secret group squared. Yeah. So the Eleusinian Mysteries. So secret. <laughs> yeah. So the Eleusinian Mysteries is kind of like this weird thing, but basically there's, we're, we're going to talk about two of them. We're going to talk about what I'm going to call the greater mystery, which is the main festival of the two for the mysteries. And then we're gonna talk about the lesser mysteries, which is the less common, like junior level of this festival. Yeah. So the Lucinian mysteries, the boy scouts of <laughs> Lucinian mysteries, it would be Cub Scouts. Get it right. So they were celebrating the younger ones of Boy Scouts. I don't know. Yes, Cub man. Scouts are the younger ones. I was ones. never one of that I was an stuff. honorary Cub Scout and an I, honorary I never, Boy Scout. I never did any of that stuff. Yeah. I just went into the woods. Like a country person. You still do that. That's fair. Well, we own woods now. So. Sometimes you just disappear into them. <laughs> I guess. I got stuff to do. I got wood stuff to do. <laughs> wood Mysterious stuff to redwood do. stuff to do. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Secret cult cube, bro. You don't know. Damn. Uh, I just figure sometimes you get lost after needing to go pee in the woods. Um, I, I definitely don't get lost. I can see the house. I know. We don't live that far in the middle of the woods. Well, it's not that it's not plausible to get lost. It's depending on which I way don't you get go. Lost. Yeah. Uh, so the Lucinian Greater Mysteries were celebrated um, at the start of the new moon in late September, early October, which actually just passed for this year. That would have been October 6th of this year. And next year, that will be September 26th of uh, 2022. And the Lucinian Mysteries were celebrated longer than most festivals that's a week. So that's seven days. And we are now up to a total of, if you decided to follow all of Persephone's things, you're up to 11 days of festivalry now. Festivity so, is the word festivity. she's looking for. No, guys. I wanted festivalry. We've festivities. talked about making up words. I'm making up words. Uh, so the mystery. I'm not making words up. I'm just pronouncing them dumb. You There's do both. a difference. You do both. So that's wrong. That's, that's not. 
that's, that's, that's not that's not wrong. Yeah. I All know. of the words I make up, hundred percent real words. No, no. <laughs> that's <laughs> untrue. Was that too confusing? No, stop it. <laughs> All these made up words, hundred percent real. Not made up. Don't worry about it. Unsecret words. Secrets. <laughs> anyway. The Greater Elucidian Mysteries honored both Demeter and Persephone, and they mimicked Persephone's descent into the underworld. So this one is tricky because it is a secret cult. So there's not a lot of information about this. And most of the accounts that we have are from late Christian sources. Ha ha, Christianization of of Europe. If you're playing the drinking game, you get to drink now because I basically talk about it in every episode, not on purpose. It just happens that way. Well, I mean, it's... It's a thing, historically, that we have to deal with. It is. Yes. So um, there's not a whole lot that's earlier than this, and there certainly isn't really anything after. But from late Christian sources, we can learn, or early Christian sources, we can learn that the initiate to the mysteries is first ritually bathed, and then they fast, and then they toss a piglet in a trench. We don't know what kind of trench. One of those three options we previously discussed. And then they imitate Demeter looking for Persephone. And then they enter into the initiation hall. Okay. So after that, the details get way more fuzzy. We think that maybe this first part kind of takes like a day or so. But again, we don't know. Um, So after they enter the initiation hall, uh, we're told that there are offerings and that the initiates see... Uh, quote unquote a male organ everything that I everything that I found as far as um, research for this mm-hmm. used quote unquote a male organ everything all the way back everybody was afraid to say something phallic or anything other than a male organ which That's really weird. makes me wonder what words they originally used in this text what was and this I translated not- out of where they're just like listen that's a real descriptive way to use it. They were like, word. we're not going to do first that. they would fast and then they throw a pig in a hole and then they would see a giant dog. No, first you clean, then you fast, <laughs> then you hole a pig, <laughs> then you go into a room, secret dongs, <laughs> then you do some worship stuff. Yeah. You also would see an ear of grain. Um, it seems like colloquially, maybe an ear of grain was used as was a maybe the ear of grain, a dong phallic symbol. Yeah. We're not really sure. Um, and then they are shown an image of Persephone in blinding light. So it's a very it's really meant to, like, invoke a very, like, religious kind of experience. How did the ancient people blindingly light a Persephone thing? I mean, in my mind, there's just like. They're like, all right, are you ready to see Persephone? And you're like, yeah. And they open a door and it's just that whole room's on fire. (laughs) And they're just like, "Ah, did you see her? And you're like, oh, yeah. Should we address that? And they're like, no, no, no. We're not done. We still got a couple more days. Um, I'm going to remind you of several movies that use mirrors. Series of mirrors. A series of mirrors. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes they just have a kid named Aziz. They didn't know. Applying light. But before this, before being shown the image of Persephone and blinding light, you were essentially in total, almost complete darkness. Ah, so they just had like a, they just had like a painting on a window. Yeah, and they're just right? like, and look they just outside. Like they just like pull the, the curtain or pull the curtain up, and you're just like, ah, it's so bright. And they're like, that's how light and dark work. But uh, yeah, that's very well maybe it. So <laughs> then it seems like to me, 
um, as a modern person reading this and trying to interpolate it, um, that there is additional things happening in between here and there. Yeah. But basically after this moment, they're no longer considered an initiate and then they can go forth to feast. They're also promised a happy afterlife and a good place in the sacred meadows and groves of Persephone. So that's really the Eleusinian mysteries like in a nutshell. Sure. Um, and it seems like this was both um, attended by men and women, as opposed to some of the older previous festivals where um, the word is that it was probably mostly women. So that was, that's the greater Eleusinian mysteries. Now, the idea behind it was that only people who were like actually Greek or actually like from the place where the mysteries were being held could go to the mysteries there. So they decided to create an additional one. Now we have the lesser mysteries. The lesser mysteries were publicly celebrated as Anthesphoria, and they took place during a different time of the year. But the idea behind them was that like, if you weren't like born from here and you wanted to participate in this, you could go to these instead. Sure. And, or maybe also you needed to do these before going into the greater mysteries. Again, Romans really liked secret cults, so I wouldn't be so, well, and I know this is Greek, right? But it all kind of like mishmashes together. It's a very popular thing to have secret cults back in the Mediterranean. And why, when you have one secret cult, why not two? So, <laughs> yeah, well, and I mean, like if your secret cult was like, no, like if your secret cult was like, no dudes, then like dudes would make a pretend secret version or like no ladies. And then like ladies would make like a pretend secret version. Or if they're like nobody that's Phoenician and then the Phoenicians have to make like a exactly. secret version or like whatever. Right. <clears throat> so like it makes sense that it like inevitably evolved into another thing. And that's assuming that it wasn't that like. There were a bunch of Persephone secret cults. There was just like a bunch of Persephone cults. And like the Eleusians were the ones that were just like, our cult is best cult. And everybody else was just like, I mean, our cults are also dope, but the Eleusians are the ones that got to write the book. <laughs> so when people write now, like, let's talk about secret cults, the Eleusians are like, we have a Persephone cult. Tell you nothing about it. Everybody else has a Persephone cult. Lesser cult. Not as good as our and cult. Somebody like whispered to another guy was like, hey, I hear their cult has a huge schlong in it. Yeah. They're like, hey, that cult. Three foot corn on the cob. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> You're like, what? And they're like, you know, blinding, blinding light, three foot corn on the cob. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to write any of that down. You know what? The Eleusians have a secret cult. It wasn't a secret, but every time they talked about it, everybody was like, I don't, I don't want to fucking hear what you do on a Tuesday in November. That's shit's weird, dog. Shut it down. So, I mean, that's what that sounds like to me. What do I know? Oh, man. Okay, so... Somebody's lesser cults, bro. <laughs> so the doing? greater Eleusinian mysteries take place at the beginning of fall and the end of the harvest season. So can you guess when the lesser mysteries start? I mean, I can read it. Then I already read it. Oh, yeah. that's so fun. It wasn't on purpose. It's just that I see things that I read them. Yeah, I, I know. I do that, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I would assume the opposite end of the spectrum. So if, like, if one is in fall the other must be in spring that's right yeah but again also i mean <laughs> if the cool kids are doing their club at uh at at you know you know at, at fall at fall festival at the fall dance 
then the, like, other kids are going to try and take over the spring fling. You know what I'm saying? Uh, pretty much, yeah. yeah. So, isn't um... That, isn't that the point of the, the Revenge of the Nerds books, movies? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that they're books. Um, <laughs> I said books, and I don't know why. I know they're movies. I've seen them a million times. Man, I, we are whatever. wild tonight. <laughs> whatever, man. We just fought, finished watching Squid Game, y'all, and yeah. we, our minds are... We're our brains are in a shook. place. So, yeah, yeah. we are in a place. So, anyway, the lesser mysteries were celebrated during the new moon that falls in late February to early March. The next one of those that we're going to see is March 2nd, 2022. Uh, and this, again, we don't have a lot of information about, uh, but all the information that we have indicates that it's pretty similar to the greater mysteries, only there's probably less... Less blinding light. Standard quality light. Standard quality standard light. Standard era corn, not big dong era corn. Yeah. Uh, and Probably less had... clean, maybe, or like less wandering or whatever. I mean, honestly, if Demeter's coming back, I feel like pomegranates for everybody, right? Because then you're like, they're like, oh, you can't eat pomegranates. It might upset Demeter. And you're just like, I mean, but that shit's it's coming back. So she's probably cool. You can eat pomegranates again. That shit's delicious, right? They are delicious, yeah. So, so in this one, kind of the main thing there's there's really like two main things about this uh, lesser mysteries, and that's that the candidates were taught about the two goddesses and the, all of their related information, as well as the process behind the greater mysteries. So this was like, this was like um like a pre-mystery mystery. Uh, and this also really honored Persephone's ascent from the underworld, which means purification, renewal, flowers, rebirth, zombie Jesus stuff. Yeah. Um, a little bit early for Easter, but y'all get the idea. So It's a, it's a, it's a Scooby-Doo mystery. It's less mysterious. I mean, those crazy kids. Yeah, well, you know, it's lesser. It's in the name. <laughs> They did that on purpose. I'm just saying the Eleusians wrote the book, guys. Let's take that into perspective. <laughs> now, we don't have works. a specific time frame for how long the Lester Mysteries were um, celebrated for. But like with most festivals from this period in time and this time, it would have probably been three days. So if you're keeping count, that is... Well, especially if you're doing it in and around a new or full moon, three is like the easiest number to do it with. Well, really, the right? new and the full you're moon You're like, oh, hey, there's no moon. First, first party night. There's still no moon. Second party night. Third, third party night. Hey, guys, that moon hasn't come back yet. Is it supposed to come back? And they're or like, ah, oh, it, it's there. Time or is to go it home. the drugs? And somebody's like, no, 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 Corn and lights. Don't worry about it. And then, you know, the next day it's back. So you're fine. <laughs> yeah. So we're up to, um, well, we had three days for Stenia. We had three days for Thesmophoria. We had seven days for the greater mysteries. And now we've got another three days for the lesser mysteries. So math that for me. Oh, I was not paying that much attention to what you just said. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to be listening? This is for them. You were 100% looking at me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm mostly petting the dog. My eyes might be going this way, but that's not, I'm not participating in that. Yeah, I don't know. 23? 17? No. It's probably 17. I'm going to go with 17. It, it is 17. Is it really? Did I just guess that right? Uh, Wait, no, it's 16. Oh, okay. I did that math wrong. I'm not great at math. Okay, well, I wasn't paying attention and I guessed. So, <laughs> uh, closest without being under? No, it's closest without going over. I didn't win that prize, guys. It's no, all right. No, you did not. Yeah. We're back. Uh, for real this time. The last time. 
fucking dogs uh, making noises with stuff. But yeah. Anywho, so uh, Persephone, what's up? Yeah, so um, we're going to talk about some spells. Oh, okay. we're done with all that stuff. Yeah, right? we're done right. with we're done with knowledge. Yeah, no so, more of that. So some secret cults, some not as secret secret cults. Whatever, spring and fall. A variable number of days of festival. Sixteen. It was sixteen days. Yeah, it was 16 days. So um, we've got two spells for you, like usual. I was trying to add that up in my head as we were talking, and I lost count like three times. I was oh, like, I totally okay. didn't even. If the well, first like one you is were three, saying numbers, and then the and second was one was three. Not participating in the conversation. And then the next one is seven, and I was like, okay, what's six plus seven? 11? And then I'm like, no, that's not right. And I'm like, 13. Okay, 13. What? And then I would lose count, and I'd be like, I mean, okay. 6 plus 7 is just 6 and 6 and 1, and 6 and 6 is 12, and 12 and I, 1 is 13. I know! <laughs> that's, this is why you're the mathy one. This is why I'm the pretty one. That's a You're it's the mathy one. <laughs> it's just, that's just counting, dog. This is just counting, but with more steps. Theoretically less steps, but I mean, it depends on how you count. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, so these spells um, that were written uh, don't have any connection to any historical or traditional Hellenistic or otherwise secret cult sort of things. Yeah. Uh, and the first one is an invocation for Persephone. So this is something you're going to want to use if you want yeah. to invoke her for so, any sort of a. So before of we get reasons. into before we get into these, a uh, uh, few things. One, yeah, these aren't these are just spells that all the spells that we talk about are spells that we have made. Um, we don't. We shouldn't have to say that every time, but we're going to because people are the internet, whatever. Um, well, also but, maybe no, we get, get, get new it. listeners. New, yeah, I get it. We went from three to five. Who I get knows? It. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but um, also, do you do you worship Persephone? Uh, I, I don't, don't actively worship her, but her and I have had some like times where I've called upon her for a variety of things. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, but I, I don't, don't, I don't really I don't, do any of that Greek stuff. I don't, so, uh, but like I don't gangster, regularly so. worship her. Okay. Um, I do sometimes if the situation makes sense. Uh, however, I think that she is dope AF, and I totally dig her girl boss energy. Sure, kind sure, sure, of sure, sure, thing, sure, sure, and sure. the whole aesthetic of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like of Greek stuff, which I don't, I don't really do Greek stuff, right? I, I primarily do Norse stuff, but like. Hades and Persephone are probably like, like two of my main gangsters. If yeah. I'm gonna like side with Greek stuff, I'm gonna choose like Hades or Persephone. Yeah. Or we like low key did Dionysus. a Hades and Persephone cosplay for uh, a friend's wedding, your sister's wedding. Yeah. Oh yeah, kind of. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't on purpose. It just ended up that way. Yeah. Yeah, I had that like all that like Raven stuff on. Yeah. It was all blacks and ravens yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Secret Disney supervillain guys. It explains why when I sing, birds come, or whatever that is. That's not entirely wrong. Yeah, uh, I don't have to sing. Birds just fucking love me. <laughs> so anyway, this one is an invocation to Persephone. So you can use this if you want to invoke Persephone, either to just sort of, like, worship and spend time with her, or if you would like her assistance with a particular thing. Um, so... Uh, to begin with, with like anything, you're going to sort of get in your little magical zone. So like clear your mind, light some incense or do some candles or whatever it is that you want to do. And when you're ready, say Persephone, goddess of spring, queen of the underworld, I call upon you. 
show me how to honor the changing of the seasons with joy. Give me the courage and grace in the face of uncertainty. Help me honor the dead until I can take my place among them. And then at this point, you can provide an offering to her, do ritual work, meditate as desired. Um, and then when you are done and you're ready to move on to whatever else it is that you're going to be doing, say, Persephone Despoina, maiden of flowers, mistress of curses, I thank you. Nice, simple yeah. invocation to Persephone. Quick, quick and simple invocation right there. You know? Yeah. I like it. It's yeah. Good. It's good. So the next one is sort of like another all-purpose Persephone type of thing. And this one's a little bit kitchen witchy. So this one's partially a spell and partially a recipe. That kind of stuff is super fun and I really dig it. That sort of, this sort of thing is really, really great for people who are in the broom closet. And that's because all you're really doing is just making a recipe. Yeah. Or, or but, just busy and like... Yeah. You know, uh, like, I feel like there's kind of two interpretations of how you, like, accomplish any of this, like, ritualistic kind of a thing. Uh, and certainly one of them is, like, setting aside time and doing, like, a big thing about stuff. Um, but uh, but also sometimes it's just, like, little everyday shit. Yeah. Or, like, Kitchen Witchery is a solid example of just, like, like just... Uh, Sprinkling a little magic into your everyday life, you know? Yeah, really. <laughs> like, it's, I, like it's, it's, uh, man, that sounds so douchey to say out loud. Um, but, like, that's just, <laughs> like, that's, I don't know, that's just the way it is. I guess I don't really think about it as, like, an active task. Yeah. Right? But I'm also, like, strongly out of the broom closet or whatever. That I mean, is. we do have a podcast where we talk into we, the Well, yeah, we do have a podcast. Stuff. Yeah. And we're also sitting in front of our giant altar. Yeah. Uh, for those yeah, of you And we host, on like, YouTube. all of the blots. What are those called Sabbaths. for you? Sabbaths. Festivals. <laughs> Sabbaths festivals. Um, like, for our family, you know, in the before four, uh, when, like, you could have humans near you and shit. And, um, <laughs> like, yeah. So I guess it's kind of different. For yeah. us, yeah. But this is definitely a great way if you want to again, like, like celebrate on the DL or like sprinkle a little magic into something, or like if you're like, like if your uh, patron, whatever uh, goddess is Persephone, then like, you know, you could set aside time on a regular basis to do like a big thing, uh, but you could also sprinkle these in and or just like sprinkle these in. Like, whatever. I mean, mm -hmm. like, for me, like, like I meditate, I don't know, a couple of times a week before I go to sleep-ish. Sometimes, like, every day, and sometimes I forget for, like, a month. Because uh, I'm forgetful. Yeah. But, um, sometimes that's meditation in its, like, like zen nothingness state, and sometimes it's meditation in, like, a ritualistic state, and sometimes it's meditation about, like, a specific deity that, like, I don't know, whatever, just, like, flitted into my head all of a sudden in the middle of the day, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm gonna meditate about this when I get home. Um, so, yeah, this is a, this is a great, yeah. both of these, honestly, are great ways to sort of, like, like, Sprinkle a little magic. Yeah. Also, um, uh, I, I've said this in previous episodes. I don't say it every time. But when we say say, you know, when we tell you to say something, you don't necessarily have to say it out loud. You can just like 
say that in your mind. Yeah. Like in your uh, You need to get a megaphone and scream it at the top of a building into Ooh, no. faces. No, don't no. do that. That's awesome. No, 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 no. Let's yeah. not be those people. Yeah. So um, this one is <laughs> don't a... Say don't, don't say things out loud unless you want to say things out loud. Like you can say it in your head. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that works really well for if you're in the broom closet um, or yeah. you just kind of like don't really want to be like out louding that sort of thing. Just or it's like one thirty in the morning and you finally remember that you wanted to meditate and everybody else in the house is asleep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so this one is a pomegranate vinaigrette and this one sort of honors Persephone. So this is another really great all purpose one. So if you want to work with Persephone for a variety of different things or for anything in particular, you just want to feel a little bit more magical. Um, this is a great option for it. And all of the ingredients in this have been have been optimized for their full witchy potential. So uh, first you're going to take a half a cup of pomegranate juice and we use pomegranate for wealth in this spell. So when you're adding things to, um, you know, when you're, when you're doing this spell, you're going to say pomegranate for wealth. The next thing is two tablespoons of red wine vinegar. That is to block the evil eye. The next you're going to use uh, a teaspoon of orange peel for happiness, a teaspoon of honey for attraction, a half a teaspoon rosemary for honoring the dead, a half a teaspoon of thyme for courage, a pinch of mint. This is optional. And I'll talk about that when we talk about correspondences, why that's optional. Uh, a pinch of mint for luck and three tablespoons olive oil for protection. And of course, salt and pepper to taste. Salt being a thing that cleanses and purifies and pepper being something that speeds up the results of your spell. Yeah. And salt protects. Yeah, and, and purifies and protects. Exactly. So what you're going to do is you're going to take these ingredients and you're going to add all of them except for the vinegar and the olive oil into a small pot, saying the name of the ingredient and its magical property as you add it. You're, you'll then heat this on low for about 10 minutes. You don't want it to boil. You just kind of want to heat it up a little bit. The heat helps all of the flavors and everything to... Uh, to just sort of like be fully expressed. Um, so you don't have to wait <laughs> Gosh, for stuff to steep. It was absurd. <laughs> so once you've heated it for 10 minutes or so, um, or until fragrant, turn off your heat and add your vinegar. You don't really want the vinegar to necessarily boil off. You want to keep that in there. Uh, and then once this mixture has cooled completely, add your olive oil. Yeah. Keep it in a sealed bottle or jar, probably label that for safety and shake it before each use and then use this vinaigrette on anything you want. Vinaigrettes aren't just used for salads, um, although you can absolutely do this. chicken breast vinaigrette? Yeah, just pour vinaigrette on chicken breast. It's literally what I had for dinner. Yeah. Um, you can also pour it over any sort of microwaved or steamed vegetables. Yeah. That's really good. Yep. You can, um, it's fall right now, y'all. So if you're into the pumpkin butternut squash uh, train, you can take roasted pumpkin or butternut squash and dip it in this vinaigrette and then eat it. Delicious. Um, and you can also use vinaigrette on top of rice. Yeah. That is one of my personal favorite things, vinaigrette on rice. Yeah, yeah. Um, Honestly, if you left the vinegar out of this and the oil out of this, you could use all of these ingredients just as one of those, like, pot mm -hmm. smell things, whatever Yeah, you could also do this as a simmer pot and yeah, just not pot. eat it. Uh, you could also... Don't, you don't, don't simmer vinegar. That's yeah, not, don't simmer vinegar. Not, you don't need you're that not doing that. Life. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. What I would argue is that you're just trying to get these to be fra fragrant in the pot. So, like, I would... I would almost like like get them until they're fragrant in the pot, you know, and this is totally dependent on your stove. Like it might take 10 minutes. It might take three minutes. 
right? Like that's a hundred percent a process. Thing. We have those two burners on the same stove. Yeah. So right, and then once it's once it's like like fragrant, I would put it into a separate vessel. What with to add the vinegar and then inevitably the oil. Yeah, you just because the metal that. of your pot is going to retain heat for a lot longer, and you want those you want those like uh, flavor components, yeah, seeds and such. You want them to be warm, and then when you put like a cold liquid in them, that thermal exchange is gonna like kind of lock the fragrance fragrance yeah. in for those things. Yeah, yeah. You know? Another variation or way to use this is um, if you want to use this on, like, fruits, you absolutely can. I recommend you omit the vinegar and you either omit entirely or cut down on the olive oil because who wants an oily melon chunk? Yeah, that sounds... That sounds gross. gross. But this is really great on a fruit salad if you omit the vinegar and the olive oil. So there's sure. a lot of places you can take this, this vinaigrette. Yeah, totally, totally. So that does it for the two spells. And um, we've got... Correspondences. Correspondi. Correspondi. So um, we're just going to run through the highlights of these real quick. Um, with the spells as well as other information, you will find full versions of all of this stuff in the Book of Shadows. Um, so there is more information there than um, we are going to read here because this is not a podcast where I just like read a list of things. Yeah, we're not trying to bore you with like lists of stuff. Uh, but yeah. but it is available in the book shadows pages and obviously like if you ever have a question just like reach out and we're more than willing to help yeah yeah so Persephone is again goddess of um, goddess of curses the dead fertility she is also um, called upon for overcoming trauma so if you have any sort of chat, uh, shadow work or uh, trauma that you want to go and like try to fix mentally then this is a good place to do it of course in conjunction with a therapist we're not a doctor please don't take our advice and sue us um, <laughs> yeah. she's also a goddess of rebirth the underworld and again a common patron goddess for those with bipolar or other mental um, things. The animals associated with her are uh, butterfly and deer. Uh, and I mean, I guess you could probably say pig, but they're not really associated with her. They're just sort of also there. They're just associated <laughs> with her dope parties, yo. Yeah, pretty much. Her colors are black, green, and pink. Uh, for rocks, we're kind of looking at the same idea as the colors there. So black onyx, green tourmaline, obsidian are all pretty pretty good ones for yeah. her. As far as plants go, um, you can f there's a ton of different resources and um, people who swear by using mint when working with Persephone. So um, this one's kind of tricky. So mint is in the Greek tradition named after Minth, who was a, uh, an, an, uh, like a sea nymph, I think. And she is also sort of part of the Eleusinian mysteries, but like not really. But um, Minth was Hades' lover before Persephone. And when Persephone came on the scene, Minth was like, girl... I'm way better than you are and he's still getting with me. And uh, so you better just leave and go back to the above places. And Persephone was super angry or Demeter was super an angry, depending on the myth you read. And Minth um, was trampled to death and then turned into a plant. Um, so it would seem that mint is not something that would be um, naturally associated with Persephone, especially after talking about avoiding pomegranates for Demeter. But 
everything that I can see, Persephone generally enjoys mint. But if you personally feel that maybe you don't want to give her mint, that's, that's fine. Um, as another um, thing, the part of mint and mint being in the Eleusinian Mysteries is that it was used to flavor an ancient Greek drink uh, called the Kaikion, which was made of fermented water and barley, and that was the hallucinogen that they drank. Yeah. Yeah. What? Okay. Well, you can't <laughs> ferment water because water ain't got nothing. Well, I mean, water. fermented water and barley drink. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the way that you have that written and the way that you said it, it sounds like we're taking fermented water, which is. Not I mean, a thing. maybe we are. Fermenting and then adding water. grain to it. Which no, no, we're fermenting uh, a, a barley in a very specific manner with water, and then adding mint as a flavoring um, to achieve that stuff. Please don't try it at home, guys. Yeah. Ooh. Don't. I mean, I guess fermented barley water is just a really complicated and dumb way to say the word beer. No, it was definitely Uh, not beer. But what they're making is not the kind of beer that that as a brewer I make. They weren't even actually making beer. They were taking barley that had been infected with a very particular fungus. Mold, but yes. Yeah. And yeah. oh, uh, I know. I know exactly what they're talking about. When you say fermented barley and it hallucinations. Yes, I understand. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I understand what that is. That's stupid dangerous. Yeah. 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 Do not do that. You know what? Yeah. Have a beer. Be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to make um, your fancy crush up some so mint in that shit. If you want to use mint, you absolutely can. But again, you don't have to really. It depends on how your personal relationship with that particular item and with this particular person and the mythology behind it goes. So follow your headcanon and don't force others to follow your headcanon as well. So other plants that are associated with Persephone would be uh, lily, parsley, poppy, rose, and really any flowering plant. Mm. Uh, the, as for food, she's really into cheese, dark chocolate, pomegranates, pork, and anything almond or vanilla flavoring. So what I took away from this is Persephone is really into like charcuterie plates. (laughs) (laughs) She's into like charcuterie plates and shit that may or may not be poisonous. I'm I because what, yeah. what is it? Bitter almond is that like bitter almond like is that uh, stone is that stone fruit arsenic flavor? Yeah, that's yeah. super fucking dangerous. Yeah, yeah, oh she's uh, yeah. she knows how to party. Don't 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 do shit <laughs> with stone fruit. Like I know well, you you'd have to eat like a thousand. Blue. Don't don't even fucking risk it. Don't right? do it. Don't Be do food it. safe. We didn't talk about fire this time. I'm gonna bring it up anyway, just so you guys can have a drink. The <laughs> fire the other safe two parts of the drinking fucking game. Fucking also, right? Food safe, fire safe. Really, I mean, I think the secret <laughs> should be just be safe. But since we have to explain that like a nauseum to people, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be be safe. I was wondering why pomegranate didn't show up under plants because that's a plant. Like I get that it's a food, but it's just a plant that you can eat. Like why is mint not in foods, but it's in plants? You know what? It's arbitrary. No, I I get that it's arbitrary. Yeah, (laughs) that's obvious. Because it's just it's one of those things. Plants and the food is like a hard one too. Because I'm just like plants are plants and food is plants you can eat and meat. Yeah, yeah. Right, like you can't eat a lily. You can eat some lilies, I think. No, I don't think you no, can. No, you can't eat any lilies. I yeah. think they're mostly you can't eat any poisonous. You can eat some flowers. I've definitely had flower salad. Yeah. Um, you can eat some you flowers. You can also eat parts of a poppy or rose. Uh, I don't 
think what you do to a poppy is eating it, and I don't think that parts of and you can poppy is the seed. Thing. You literally eat lemon poppy seed, something or other, like almost every day. I was day. thinking drugs, but okay. Yeah, okay, I'll give you, you that. I was thinking drugs. So yeah, the the line really there is just arbitrary. But yeah, anyway, as far whatever. as food goes, basically I learned that Persephone is really into charcuterie plates. I'm pretty okay with that. So, I mean, like, get with that. Um, and then other miscellaneous things that she's associated with would be um, sheaves of grain and torches. She's commonly shown holding a torch um, to, like, light the underworld up, basically. Because lit. Because she's lit. She's bringing the lit. I got nothing. I'm going to stop. Lois, <laughs> did that feel like an old person using the word lit? around you because that's what it felt like to me and granted I'm old and I don't really use the word lit because it makes my skin hurt but you know what I'm talking about no I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep going yeah. so um, that's correspondences and that's Persephone yeah deep dive so we had a lot of really interesting stuff that yeah, Persephone's a very interesting deity with, like, a very interesting history. And, again, there's a lot of, you know, uh, just like when we were talking about the um, kidnapping mythos. What are you calling that? Abduction. Abduction mythos. Um, very fancy sounding. But, um, like, again, it's that thing where it's like, are you, are you approaching this from the, like, she was just took? Or are you approaching it from the, like... Her, her and Hades had, like, a sneaker at love affair. And yeah. then uh, she was like, what's up? Can I go down there with you? And he's just like, for a little bit, but we got to, like, not not tell your mom because she's crazy. And then um, come to find out sh she, in fact, crazy. <laughs> so, like, yeah. So, again, and I, I feel like, especially in recent years, we're reinterpreting, or maybe the better way is, like, properly interpreting, um, a bunch of, like, Greek myths that we were kind of taught because of, like, movies in the 30s and 40s. Well, not just that, that like, but also, that, like, like uh, also a lot of the... Ancient, um, ancient playwrights the, making shit A lot of the gangster. translations for the myths and a lot of the popularity of Greek myths in the um, late Renaissance and Victorian times were very, very interested in the R word and abduction and really that negative side of things. Well, um, yeah. I mean, well, and they were very, they're very, they're Christianized versions of yeah. the myths, right? And like if Hades is the whatever of the underworld, then he has to be like a bad guy 100% of the time, all the time. Um, also, you know, it's sort of we like that weird Lucifer morning stars always like yeah. fucking super hot in statues, and you're like, uh, what? You're like, the I don't know if fuck I like is this. What's going on with like this? this. But, but some okay. of it is also a translation <laughs> thing. Like, we're understanding that certain terms that they would have used in that time maybe mean something slightly different than what we in modern times would have them mean. But also, there's context associated with it, and who's telling the story. Well, and the fucking um, telephone game. I mean, yeah, like, also guys. That. Remember the telephone game? We've all been children. We've all, most of us have been children. All of us have played that. <laughs> so, like, you know, there's going to be, like, logic drift and and such like that. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I always want to bring up the, and we haven't done a podcast on this, but we should do a podcast on Medusa. It's on the list. Yeah, I know it's on the list. Yeah. But, like, that, that's that, to me, is, like, the biggest one in the, like, um... There is a period of time when, like, Medusa's just like an evil Gorgon monster. And now everybody's, and now we're like, wait a minute, we read this story 
that that's a fucking dumb interpretation. This is way darker, <laughs> way darker than well, we were then, initially told it as a child. Yeah. What the you know, like what the heck's going on with this? Yeah. Well, and you then know, we were like, so. is it darker? The last thing about that sort of interpretation thing that I want to kind of touch on is in the current times, in the current apocalypses uh, that we live in, like it's very aware to most people that news outlets and social media outlets are pushing content that is inflammatory, that is all of, you know, all Actively of that kind of stuff. Actively trying to start shit with that, you. That, like, that saying that, like, there no, uh, no news is good news, right? I don't think that that's the thing that you're thinking about what that Bad means, news but. sells? Now I'm doing that boondocks things where I'm, like, combining two different uh, yeah. <laughs> sayings. Yeah, yeah, this, this is the thing. Right. Anyway, if your on. relationship is one way, that's gangster. And if somebody else's relationship is a different way with this particular thing, that's also gangster. Uh, don't be a dick. Uh, yes. To sum that up. Right. But, like, let's TLDR this. Yeah. Like, don't be a dick. And and but also like our interpretations are you know, like naturally different. Yes, yes. Really what I was trying to get at is maybe back then when these things were written by their original authors in the ancient Greek times, they were kind of maybe saying things in a negative light to get more people to listen to their talks or to read their stuff. So definitely keep yeah. that, that, you know, that's a thing now that's been a thing always. So keep that in mind. Anyways, we're done with our, thank you for coming for, to our TED talk on being a dick about that stuff. Yeah, don't be a dick. <laughs> Jesus. Man. So the next episode, <laughs> I'm really super excited for yeah. Samhain. Yeah, Samhain. Yeah. Um, you know, I pronounce that in my head Samhain every single time so I can remember to spell it because if I were to spell the word Samhain, it would not be the way that it's spelled. Well, I can tell you right now there are multiple different ways to spell oh, it. Oh, I know, so but yeah, there's only one way that like is counts. That. You know, so yeah. So we're as somebody do... whose name is Jonathan and is spelled in one of the ways that doesn't count. That is. True. Uh, let me tell you what I I just recently had somebody was like, wait a minute. It was Big Joe. In fact, was like, wait a minute. It's J O N, and I'm just like, yeah, but only in John. And he's like, that doesn't make any sense. I was like, oh, honey, oh, crap. Yeah, I'm gonna explain it to you. I why spell I spell your my full name, name dumb. out, I have <laughs> to, I have to like look at something to verify. Um, <laughs> and we've been married for a little while. I can spell so, my name. I mean, yeah. for the most part. So the next episode is gonna be Samhain uh, slash Halloween. So I'm pretty excited for yeah. that. That's gonna be a fun one. And that one's gonna come out right before, uh, like the week before Halloween, so that we can. Uh, you know, get you some good info to kind of use for your own personal celebrations. Yeah. And also on the horizon, we've got our one year anniversary of this podcast coming up. Yeah, podcast anniversary. Exciting. So we're gonna have uh, Q and or A. We are going to endeavor to do it live, man. I don't have time to figure that out, but I'll figure it out. I mean, I figured out how to do that live chat. I figured out how to do that live chat we will like, still on the fly. So definitely be recording that. And oh yeah, it's gonna happen. So whether whether you. you attend that live, and if we're gonna do it live, it'll it'll be on YouTube live. Yeah. Just because that's definitely gonna be the easiest way for me to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, so if we do it live, like cool, we'll do it live there. Um, and even if we, it, whether we do it live or not, if you have any questions, submit them. 
You can comment those questions and I will save them on the YouTube video. You can go to our website, nerdjive.com, and there's a like. There's like a contact form us that you can fill yep. out that I set up a bajillion years ago, and you can just put the questions in there. You can also just like DM us on social media. Speaking of social media, uh, follow us on social media. I'm at Narjive everywhere. She's at Goddess Jewels everywhere. It's linked in all of the dibbly doos. So figure that shit out. Um, we have a the website which is uh, Nerdjive.com. Uh-huh. Uh, I've been John Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. This has been the Horn and Cauldron Podcast. podcast. Uh, and um, thank yeah, you for listening. Thank you. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Stay magical, folks. Yeah. Oh, can't see it on that side. 